When I was 35, I lost my husband. He um, actually gave himself a heart condition, and we believe it was a drinking drinking things with taurine in it, so like energy drinks and, and such. So he was he died suddenly in his sleep. And that was that was hard to wake up to. You can just imagine the shock that I was feeling. I am a widow, a mother. Neither one of those things define me, but this is my story. We are all on a journey. We are all at different points on our journey, and that's okay. I'm Steph Reynolds, Director of Partner Care here at Shine.fm. The purpose of our journey is simple, but sometimes difficult. Keep moving forward, becoming more like Jesus. Unexpected detours, unfulfilled dreams, when life doesn't go the way we planned. This is Shine 180, stories of lives transformed by God because of your faithfulness. Here is Nancy's story. When I was 25 years old, I accepted Jesus. I started my journey, I should say, because accepting Jesus and walking with Christ, I guess accepting Jesus was real, as opposed to the atheist that I was before, is very different than having a close, intimate relationship with him. So I feel like I was born at 25, and it's been a sanctification process throughout, even now just growing and learning, but a lot has happened between 25 and the 40, almost 44-year-old woman that I am now. I met Chris when he was newly sober, and I was a new Christian. I just feel like God just crossed our paths. We were both running toward Jesus and collided into each other and started this amazing journey, just an amazing journey of love and following God and ministry together. Eight years after, we got married. So 10 years after the relationship, eight years after we got married, he was taken from me. And I was left with my son, who was 15, his son from a previous marriage, who was 12, and then our son together, who was six. There's mine, his, and ours, but there was never any steps in our family. The only steps that we had were the ones that you walked up and down. We were such a tight-knit family, and it was such a gift because in the age of divorce and stepchildren, to have a, an example of a godly man who embraced somebody else's child as their own was comforting, an example of Jesus. It, it's out there. So anybody who is wondering if it's out there, it is out there and wait for it because I was so blessed by it. And my children have the example of that love too, that unconditional, unbelievable love that spans further than, than just a genetic connection. You know, it's just the love that Jesus Christ gives us, the agape, unconditional love. Expectations of a lifetime of love shattered, searching to find a love she never knew existed against incredible odds. I had to have this journey as a young widow with three young children. I mean, 15 as an old, 12 and six, and I had to figure out life. Thank God I had Jesus at the center of it because I don't know what I would have done. I think back on my atheistic days, if that's a word. And I think of if I had to go through this struggle, this pain, without knowing that I was going to see him again, without knowing that he's in the arms of Jesus. He fell asleep next to me, but woke up in the arms of Jesus that morning. If I didn't have that belief and that truth to lean on, 
I don't know where I would be. And I just praise God that he believed in me, even though I did not believe in him when I was young, that he kept working on me, kept pointing me and helping me and redirecting me until I listened. Because sometimes I need the holy two by four hit over my head um, in order to listen. So that journey, and I know I'm jumping all around, but that journey was an interesting one. Like I said, it's an eight-year journey. I made a lot of mistakes, a lot of mistakes in those eight years. One thing that I learned from losing my husband is that, one, it doesn't define me. I am not a widow. I'm a child of God, and I'm loved by him, and he has never left me, and he has never forsaken my children, and he is always there, and if I lean on him, he gives me direction and help. Not that it's all easy, and just as I lean on Jesus and life is great, you know, I lean on Jesus and life is tolerable. The pain and the agony of just the heartbreak of losing the love of your life is it's a pain beyond what I can explain in words. My earthly protection was taken away from me. The father of my boys, who I'm, it's her father figure and they're boys, you know, that's, they need that example. But learning to find a new normal, learning to persevere and learning to stand up and say, God's got me was a huge process. Even though I knew the Lord, it was a process that I messed up time and time and time again, especially when I decided to start dating again. That was a horrific experience for me. It was probably about three years after he passed away that I decided that, you know what, it, it kind of stunk to be single and to not have a partner and to not have a father for my children and to do life. And I want to grow old with somebody. And I went about it in all the wrong way. I started leaning on my own will. I started leaning on my loneliness, not who does God have for me or where is that godly man, that example. It was more, I'm so heartbroken and lonely. Just if he went to church, that was, that was the key. However, in the process of dating, I took my eye off the cross when things started to seem like there was just nobody out there. I, I started, instead of running toward the cross, I started, I guess, compromising because I would date and I'm like, okay, no, you're not the one, you're out. No, you're okay. No, no, you're not it, out. And then it got so hard because it was like after the fifth person you dated and you're just like, nope, you start thinking something's wrong with you. You start thinking, well, maybe I'm just not lovable. Maybe I'm just not worthy. Maybe Chris was such a gift that I should just be thankful I had it once and that it's just not going to happen again. And I started tell believing all these lies that Satan was telling me. And I got into a relationship. It was a horrible heartbreak for everybody involved. The children, myself and this gentleman, it was... And he was widowed too. So he was experiencing some of the same pain and heartache I was. And it was almost like a perfect storm where there were two really extremely broken people that knew God, but weren't relying on him. And it ended very painfully. That was the moment that all of a sudden everything changed for me as far as 
getting through my grief process, I realized in that relationship when that ended and the collateral damage that occurred through it, there was something inside of me that was painful that I needed to deal with. The road of life is never a straight and easy path. God takes us on a journey that many times doesn't make sense to us, but always know that when we get stretched, we learn and grow on this journey and we never take it alone. Even though I had gone through counseling for years prior to this, and it seemed like there was just no help. There was just like the same old go and you get counseling, you talk and okay, next week, give your check, give your payment and you come back next week and you just talk a little bit more. And there was just didn't seem to be any forward moving momentum, no healing. It was just talking and talking's okay. But I realized through the breakdown of that particular relationship that there was so much more inside of me that needed to be healed and it stemmed from childhood. And when Chris was alive, he protected me from a lot of that. And when he passed, it was just this open raw wound that I just never dealt with. And it became real clear to me that it was time that I deal with this or this was just gonna be a stop, rewind, play in my life. Stop, rewind, play, this was never going to change. So I found myself a really great counselor It was actually through Parkview Christian Church. I was doing ministry in um, Special Connections, which is adult special needs ministry. My friend told me about this counselor in Frankfurt. It was this place called Journey, and she didn't ask for any money. Just come in, let me talk to you, and if you want to give... Well, that was the first thing where I was like, this is like something I've never experienced. Uh, a counselor who wants to do this as a ministry with no pay was like, wow, okay, this, this, is, this is cool. So I went in the very first time I met her, I sat down. She just had a way of just opening up my chest and showing me my heart. I just broke down in tears, which had never really happened in counseling with me before, which I don't know if that's should have been a sign because of everything that I've gone through that I'd never really broken down in tears. Like, but this woman from the minute I met her had me just in tears and she was talking to me about my childhood. And I grew up in an atheist Catholic family. My mother was a Catholic and my father devoted atheist. That was very confusing to me. And a lot of things that happened in my childhood because my father was such a strong personality he kind of made the rules. And my mom, sweet, wonderful lady, but she didn't understand why she believed what she believed. She just believed because that's what she was told to believe. So when I became of an age to ask questions like, why do you do this? Or why do we not do this? Or whatever it is, my mom was just like, well, you just do it. And that's just what we believe. And that's just how you don't do that. And you you do this. And it's just because you don't ask questions. Okay, well, my father would tell me, well, you know, things like sex is natural and, you know, you go and and you can trade time for money, like spend, spend, spend and all these other things that are of self, of the flesh. And it was bad advice, but it was an answer as opposed to just believe it, don't ask questions. So I naturally went down a path to follow my father's lead and quickly rejected Christ. Well, you can only imagine my childhood and the decisions I was making in high school and partying and boyfriends and all this stuff were in line with being an atheist. After becoming a Christian, I realized that there was so much pain that I was holding 
not so much that I was not forgiving my father because before he passed away, both my parents passed away. I was the only child. There's three of us, my, my brother, my sister, and myself. Um, I was the only one that had a relationship with him. So I knew that I forgave him and that I understood he loved me the best that he could. I was still yearning for a father's love. I was still yearning for that hole to be filled because he didn't love me the way I needed to be loved as a child. Although he loved me the best he could because he was just a broken man. And I forgave him of that. And I don't know that I necessarily forgave myself of some things. I don't know that I made peace at that point with the fact that I had to forgive him to move on. I don't know that I really understood that he was broken. So I don't know if that if that makes sense that I forgave him, but I don't know that I, I made peace with it. Why? I mean, I knew I had to forgive him and I knew that I loved him and I knew that I wasn't holding it against him, but I also was still carrying it with me, I guess. I was still carrying that shame and that hurt. It was more of like, I didn't forgive myself. Like I was still feeling like I was unlovable, which was in line with what I was doing in my dating life was like, I was choosing men that to date, although I was being a Christian about it, you know, with rules and, you know, just protecting myself. Oh, I was looking for a father figure, even though I felt like, well, if I just don't have sex before marriage, I'm good. Right. Like that's good. So that was in place. All right. Perfect. All right. Well, it didn't just end there. There was more. There was after realizing that every person I was dating after Chris passed away was somehow filling this void of this absentee father. It wasn't until I went and saw the counselor at Journey that she pulled it out of me and said, you need to look at this. This is what your stronghold is. A long life's journey, God puts the pieces in place for restoration, for hope, markers that guide us to follow this arduous path. I started just really looking at my scars and I started looking at my junk and I started unpacking the backpack, you know, because it was a heavy backpack. Just you load it up and you, it weighs you down. And through the forgiveness of Jesus, you can put the backpack down, but you still have a lot of junk in the backpack. And every so often you want to look at it and go, whoa, it's not pretty in there. But I started really looking instead of, you know, if you if you think of it like a backpack and you're putting all your junk in it and it's weighing you down and you put it down through the grace of God, you just shove it in the, the closet somewhere and you just leave it there. And I could leave it there when Chris was alive because he was such a protector and such an example. But as soon as he died, it's like I put it back on and I started carrying it with me again. And it wasn't until I opened it up and just started looking at the contents of that backpack that I realized, wow, I had to deal with this. And calling out your strongholds, like Satan, get behind me. You have no power over this anymore. I know what this is. I know what you're doing. And you have had control over it for far too long in my life. And you're not going to have it anymore because you are a lion and you are roaming around, but you don't have any teeth unless I give them to you. So you can be that toothless lion roaming around because I'm not giving you that those teeth anymore. I'm not doing it. And it was from that point on, and that was about three years ago-ish, that I really started digging into my childhood and, and digging into my heart and what was really going on. And it's been such a process, but it's so amazing that I can look on my life now with with peace and I can go my goodness no matter what happens to me I feel so strong 
God used all this junk in my life to bring me closer to him. I can worship better. I can be a better mother. I can be a better fiance. I can be a better friend. I can be a better employee because I know what my junk is. And it starts with calling it out. And the fact that God used the death of my husband to me is just just a testimony of he can use anything. If he can use that, he can use whatever scars we have. My children know the Lord and my children preach it to their friends and come alongside and I see their dad inside of them. Even my son from a previous marriage, my first marriage, I can see Chris in him. Even though it's not biological, I can see the influence and how he loves people and how he serves people. And it's all all these things that we carry with us can blind us from seeing like, my goodness, look at all this. It's all temporary. This is all temporary. What are we going to do? What are we going to do with this, with these scars, with this junk? And the first time I realized how awesome God really was, was actually I was still an atheist and I look back on it now. I got pregnant with my oldest and his father is really a great man. He's a great dad and his new wife, well, she's not new anymore, but she's amazing. I love this lady. Like I am so blessed that my son has a wonderful stepmother and a good dad. But I was 19 years old, barely 19, and I got pregnant. The first thought was I had to get rid of this pregnancy. That was the very first thought. And of course, you know, remember I wasn't a Christian at this time. So Christianity and mother, you know, you're formed in your mother's womb was never even on like the radar. There was something in me that just kept saying, I can't do that. I, I just can't. I, I, I don't know why. And I thought it was because if there was like a diaper commercial on TV or if I saw a little boy or a little girl that was about that age, I wouldn't be able to deal with it. So it was more selfish. Like I'd feel bad about X, Y, and Z. So I'm going to have this baby. I thought, well, at that time in a 19, in my 19 year old brain, it, that made sense. So I'm just going to have this baby. We're going to get married. And unfortunately it ended in divorce. Probably the best divorce ever written (laughs) because like I said, he got married to this wonderful woman not too long after that and was just, she's just a beautiful example of love and cherishes my son and, and his father. And I just, I'm so thankful for that. But it was through that pregnancy, this is the amazing part. It's through that pregnancy that, that I found Jesus. He used my son. When I didn't believe in him, he still believed in me. I sent my son to a Christian school. I didn't believe in Christ. I thought it was a fairy tale and that Christians are cuckoo. But my ex-husband said, you know, I'll pay for the school if you can get him there. And I wasn't living in a great area where the schools, the schools just weren't real great. So I thought it was a better option. He's going to pay for the school. I'll, I'll, sure, I'll get him there. That's great. Preschool. I'm bringing him to the Christian school and he comes home and he starts telling me how Jesus loves me. And, and I'm like, that's nice, sweetie. Tell me about math. Like, what did you learn in science? Like, I, that's so cute. Like, no, Jesus loves you. All right. You know, so does the tooth fairy. And so, so does, you know, Santa Claus, you know, at that point in my life, that's where I was over the course of the next two years or so. 
he would come home and my life had gotten so like I was in such a pit and so unhappy and so like no direction that I just started listening to him. And he started telling me about how God died for your sins and that you're forgiven of everything and that he loves you unconditionally and that he's your father. He's your father, which is crazy when, you know, fast forward how many years later that was my issue, right? So I I started listening to him and then I just started surrounding myself with the Christian women that were at the school, sort of volunteering at parties and I'm just going to check out this church. It was a little different. It was a Lutheran church. It was a little different than the Catholic church that I remember being, you know, you know, brought up in and and confirmed and then turned away from um, in eighth grade. So it was different. It was different. There was a pastor. Oh, and he can get married. And I was like, well, that's different. And oh, I can take communion even though I'm not a member. And like there was, so there were a lot of different differences. I was just starting to surround myself with Christian women and asking questions. And I got to the point where I knew that I had to understand why I didn't believe. Like I, I had to at least tell myself, you know what? I know why I don't believe because I went and I looked at all of these facts and I talked to all these Christians and I studied the Bible and I, you know, I don't believe it because, well, this is what this says and this is what science says or whatever. And through that process, I just was like, man, there's just all these people are happy. And it wasn't like I was like Lee Strobel or anything. And I was just like, here are my facts. And here's all of, you know, the history. It was nothing like that. It was, it was much less complex than that. It was just, I saw their lives, their marriages that were imperfect, but they were, they were persevering. They weren't giving up. Their kids were not perfect, but they, they were trying, these parents were trying to just give them their kids this better life. And I'm not saying like the Christian school had better kids than the public school, because we all know that just because you go to a Christian school or you go to a church doesn't make you a follower. It doesn't make you like Christ. It just makes you occupying a seat. Um, But I could see in a lot of these parents, the desire for their kids to know the Lord and the difference that they were to me, they were so different than other friends that I had. What they did on the weekends, what they found fun, like, oh, we're going to have game night. And I was like, oh, okay, game night. That's fun. Where I was, you know, with a bunch of friends who were at the bars all weekend, you know, and on the weekends I didn't have my son. That's where I was too. It was just through that process that I was like, okay, you know what? I, I believe he exists. I believe that, that, that he has to. He, he, he's real. He's real. But through the course of the following, you know, decade, it's been just a sanctification process, just drawing closer to him. Like he is so real. He's more real to me now after Chris died than he ever was before. And he was real to me then. I love the Lord so much deeper and closer now than before. And I feel like tomorrow it's going to be even better. And the next year it's going to be even closer and greater until we're, you know, face to face. A future with God in the center, full of peace, hope, and assurance as we remember that moment when God reached in and reminded us that He is always present. And yes, we are strong enough with Him. I just remember sitting in the Walmart parking lot, crying my eyes out to Jesus. I can't do this. I'm not strong enough. I cannot do this. This is too hard. 
what am I going to do? He was just the provider and the lover and the, and, and the father. And he was just, he's, he's, he's the foundation. He was the leader of the house. I am, I can't, I can't. And I turned on the radio at that particular moment. The song Strong Enough came on by Matthew West. I mean, it was actually in the middle of the song. And the words, and this was a brand new song at the time. And the words were, I know I'm not strong enough to be everything that I'm supposed to be. I give up. I'm not strong enough. It was the cry. And this was the first time I ever heard the song. So the cry, I was just screaming to, to God. And I was like, oh, the breath was just taken out of just taken out of my body. And then they got to the bridge of the song. It says, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And that was the one and only tattoo that my husband had right on his bicep was Philippians 4.13. And I said, oh, Lord. Now, the Lord knows you can speak to me through music <laughs> because I, that's, that's my jam, you know, that's my, that's my thing, right? And I went, oh my goodness, you just, you became real, real to me again, really real to me in this moment. You just spoke volumes through this song and this peace came over and I was like, you're real. Again, I had, he, he reminded me, remember, remember when you accepted me, remember when you realized that I was real, I'm still real. I'm still here. I have not changed. I have not moved. My promises have not differed. I'm still real. And it has been this way ever since. That moment, constantly see how real he is. I'm still here. Nancy, you are still loved. You are still special. You are still mine. Every child wants to know that they are loved, that they are special, and that they belong. Those are the three things that I needed from my father my earthly father. Those are the three things that I was desiring for my relationships. And that's the three things that I know God says is true about his love for us. I am moved that I get to have a new life, that I was gifted an opportunity to have a different outcome because he never gave up on me. He never gave up on me. Even when I was rejecting him, I was writing papers in college, how there was no God. I mean, I was anti-Christian and he still believed in me. A love that my earthly father could have never gave me even if he tried. And I just, I praise Jesus for that. God never gives up on us. His love for us is a constant seeking force that is determined to pursue us no matter where our journey has taken us. This was Shine 180, Nancy's story. I'm Steph Reynolds. Director of Partner Care here at Shine.fm. Your story matters. Your story offers hope and encouragement to others. Share your story today by calling 855-987-9866. That's 855-987-9866. Shine 180. Stories of lives transformed by God because of your faithfulness.